This is Machine Language, the podcast hosted by Manufacturing Automation Magazine. You've tuned in to hear conversations with industry experts on the latest industrial automation technologies and trends in Canada's manufacturing sector. Hello and welcome to this episode of Machine Language. I'm your host, Sukanya Rekhosh, editor of Manufacturing Automation Magazine. Industrial robots have been a staple in automating manufacturing facilities for a few years now. The key to profitably implementing robots, according to experts, is understanding what is available and selecting the option best suited to a manufacturer's business goals. Jeff Bernstein from the Association for Advancing Automation, also known as A3, joins us for this episode to discuss robotics and manufacturing, building success with insightful implementation. Jeff Bernstein is president of A3, the parent group of the Robotic Industries Association, or RIA, Advancing Vision and Imaging, or AIA, and the Motion Control and Motors Association, MCMA. Bernstein joined RIA in 1983 and has held a variety of senior positions, culminating in his promotion to president in 2007. In this episode, Bernstein talks about the trends in industrial robotics, what is next in human-robot collaboration space, how the latest generation of industrial robots are changing job roles, and what should manufacturers consider when implementing robotic technologies. But before we listen to the conversation, a word from this episode's sponsor, Misumi. Get connected with Misumi electrical and mechanical components. Misumi offers hard-to-find, cost-effective, and high-quality components used across a wide variety of industries, including medical, automotive, food and beverage, warehouse, packaging, and more. Discover everything you need to gear up for your next machinery and automation project by visiting misumiusa.com. And now, let's listen to my conversation with Jeff Bernstein. Hello, Jeff. Welcome to this episode of Machine Language. Uh, for this episode, we're going to discuss robotics, but before we go into all that, I would like to uh, ask you to, you know, tell something about what you do, uh, your current role in the industry. Well, uh, first of all, hello, and thank you for inviting me to be on this podcast and looking forward to the discussion. Um, our association, the Association for Advancing Automation, um, our goal is to educate companies on how to successfully apply technology. Um, we're talking about robotics, artificial intelligence, machine vision, motion control, and all of the technologies that are being used increasingly in automated factories and warehouses and really every industry right now. Um, so we do this through all kinds of events like our Automate show that's coming up in Detroit, June 6 to 9. We do it through uh, a really robust series of webinars online. We have a website, automate.org, that's got hundreds of presentations and videos and anything that a company would need to know if they were considering automating or if they're currently automating and want to expand their um, efforts. Who makes the products? Who are the system integrators? 
Um, where can I turn to advise consultants? What kind of schools are you know active in this ecosystem? So uh, that's who we want to be. We want to be the trusted resource for for anybody who's looking to automate. Uh so before we go into a more in-depth discussion of the robots, uh, what I want to know is, uh, what are the trends that you are seeing in industrial robotics that you see would be governing North American manufacturing in the near future? Well, there are a lot of trends that we're currently seeing in robotics. Uh, one of them is the transition into a wider range of industries. So when I got involved in this uh, nearly four decades ago, um, the automotive industry was the largest user by far. And over time, we knew that if robotics was really going to have an impact, it was gonna to have to be widely adopted in just about every industry. So for the first time ever in 2020, and then we saw this continue in 2021, non-automotive customers comprise a larger share of robot orders than automotive related orders. And so this was the turning point for me to say, hey, look, it's well beyond automotive, agriculture, construction, food and beverage, um, consumer goods, retail, warehouse, every industry is starting to adopt robotics. So that's, that's the overarching trend is how much this is spreading. Now, in terms of the technology itself, it's becoming easier to use. So you have companies who are offering no-code robots or robots that can be controlled more easily or controlled by hand. Um, you have collaborative robots that are working side by side with people and doing all kinds of things that nobody would have envisioned them doing a while ago, like welding. Um, but this, again, saves companies floor space. It saves them the need to have a lot of highly educated internal resources in engineering. It used to be really complicated to apply robotics. It's much, much easier now. That's a, another major trend. And then of course, the trend toward mobile robotics. So when you look at probably the hottest field right now in terms of adoption of robotics, it's warehousing and logistics. Mobile robots are all over these warehouses. And it's because in part, this huge demand through e-commerce, it was accelerated during COVID, but it was there before. People were ordering more and more online and um, thank goodness for the automation that's allowing us to get our products uh, quickly when we uh, hit that buy button on Amazon or Walmart or Target or whomever. Uh, so, you know, you were just talking about collaborative uh, robots. Uh, I want to know, like, what is the next thing in human-robot collaboration space? Uh, we are already hearing about Industry 5.0, how it is already here. And the whole thing about Industry 5.0 is to bring back uh, the role of human beings in, in an automated space, uh, um, but, you know, it, it, a bigger collaboration with robotic technology. So what do you see next in this uh, space? Well, first of all, the role of humans, I want to talk about that. People are the most important part of any robotic right. system. So let's start there. We're not getting people out of this equation. Um, people are critical to the success of the adoption of robotics. So what we're seeing is 
people doing um, better, safer, and higher paying jobs. They're not the walking six miles in a warehouse anymore or lifting heavy boxes or other tasks that people either don't want to do or shouldn't be doing. So what we're seeing is people doing higher value jobs in a company. And we're seeing more jobs. In fact, there's a lot more open jobs today than there are people available to do them. Now, part of this, of course, has to do with this so-called skills gap, that the jobs that are open require a different set of skills than we have people trained for. So we need to do a better job of educating people for the jobs of the future, and frankly, the jobs of today. We need to do a better job of retraining the current workforce for these jobs. And we need to make sure that we're creating jobs that anybody can benefit from. What we don't wanna do is create more of those dull, dirty, dangerous jobs that people don't want. Because what was happening was companies would hire people to do these tasks that, again, they didn't either wanna do or shouldn't have to do. People would start in the job and then they would leave. And then that would hurt productivity for the company. You're constantly rehiring. Uh, not good. You want people doing what they're good at. And people are good at using their brain. Great. And since you uh, brought this up, uh, I want to know, like, you know, how important is reskilling or upskilling the current workforce uh, to work with the robotic technologies of today and tomorrow? How important it is for uh, manufacturers to stay competitive today? It's very important. And there are new technologies coming. There are new skills that are needed. You know, we talk about artificial intelligence. How do, how do small and medium-sized companies apply artificial intelligence? Do they really even understand what that means? Um, that's one of the things that our association is focused on, trying to educate them on what's capable, demystifying that. Um, how do you use machine vision in your applications? And what does that look like going forward? You have to upskill. But what you don't have to do is take somebody who was walking six miles a day and make them a, a, a computer scientist. That you don't have to do. We've, we have great examples of companies who are moving people up just a little bit more, just a little higher up. So for instance, um, Amazon released a great video a while back of a young woman who is now supervising a fleet of mobile robots. She had previously been one of those people doing the walking on the floor. And she felt so much better because now she was in control of the whole process, not the person doing what the robot can do. Let the robots do what they're good at. And let the people do what they're good at. Right, absolutely. And, you know, you were just talking about the labor shortage crisis that uh, the industry is facing. North America is seeing a lot of that right now. Uh, how can these latest advancements in robotics kind of help manufacturers at least, you know, recover quicker uh, after the effects of the pandemic and all the other constraints that are currently there in the, uh, you know, in the market? Yeah, it's really interesting because for a long time, people were talking about robots replacing people. And now it's, yes. we can't find people. We have to have robots. Yes. And it doesn't matter who you talk to. Yes. The suppliers of robots, the integrators of robots, the customers, they're all saying the same thing. I talked to a leading aerospace uh, company recently, and they said, we would actually buy more robots if we, if we had a trained workforce that could um, implement them and adopt them. Um, you talk to the 
companies who do welding and they say, we can't find welders. We have to have robots that will do this welding. And it really doesn't matter. Every situation is the same. You want to talk about restaurants, shortage of people working in restaurants. That's why you're seeing money put into, well, is there any way robots could do some of these tasks in a restaurant, whether it's cooking the food or being a, a server? You know, what could what could we automate? And But it's all because we're struggling to find people. So it's right. completely flipped right now. Right. Uh, the other thing is, like, when uh, manufacturers think about implementing these new technologies, cost is on their mind for sure cost cost is a big factor and now we're seeing this trend of you know uh, robot uh, robots as a service or where you have like smaller robots paper use robots and so many uh, different ways for manufacturers small and medium uh, businesses to adopt these technologies so um, how do you see this uh, you know helping adoption in within the industry how do you see this as kind of uh helping the industry move towards the levels of automation that we are looking for yeah i think it's an important trend i i think that cost is always an issue for a potential right. customer and return on investment how quickly can i get my return and so when you look at some of these new models they're pretty exciting because i know in the warehousing field if you need to ramp up to really get a whole fleet of robots, you don't want to make that a capital equipment expense. You know, you, you, a lot of companies can't afford to just write huge checks like that. So leasing is becoming popular. Robots as a service is really, I think, starting to have an impact. I talked to a company here in Michigan where I live, and they're developing a robot that, oh, well, it's actually a four robot system to change tires. Why? because companies like Discount Tire, who was an investor in this company, can't find enough people to actually change tires. Now, a four robot system can do it faster, more accurately with data to know like to what level was it torqued to. So if there's a problem afterward, you have all that data, but here's the thing about it. Anybody can operate that system and they're charging or they plan to charge by the tire, right? right? So you don't have to buy the robot, they just want you to pay them by the tire you change. Now that's an interesting model that can be applied to all kinds of industries. Right, right. And you know, when it comes to industrial robots, you know, how, do you think they can help in securing the supply chain in any way with all the supply chain constraints that the industry has seen over the past two years? I certainly hope so. These supply chain challenges have been enormous. I mean, they. They've really impacted companies' ability to, to do business in many cases or pushed out deliveries, you know, a long way. But even the robot companies are affected by that. They can't get the chips they need or the, you know, the parts they need. So, yeah, I mean, we certainly hope that automation can smooth out some of these issues. In fact, you know, one of the big issues has been the ports, like the ports in the U.S. where products are coming in. The bottleneck is often unloading the the ships right yeah. so what can automation do there well there's some advances being made there that possibly you could have you know robots involved in unloading that would get the stuff in faster instead of having you know these these jams out waiting to get products into port so i mean there's a lot of ways that i think automation can play a role 
Again, another thing, when we are thinking about working with robots, people working with robots, uh, within the plant floors, uh, safety is a thing that uh, manufacturers have to keep in mind. So how, how do you think, you know, uh, where does uh, the safety program come in and how is it, uh, how, how does it change when you're working with robots? Because uh, yeah, like it's a machine that cannot think for itself. Uh, how do the safety programs change? Yeah, I mean, safety has been a top priority for our association since the 1980s. Uh, we developed the first American national robot safety standard. We work with organizations in Canada on safety and through all, throughout the world. Um, we have to make sure that the standards are kept up to date. And we also have to make sure that the people coming in to inspect to make sure that companies are following the standards uh, understand how the technology has evolved and what is safe. I mean, a long time ago, robots had to be behind a fence and you had to keep people away. But now we're working side by side with robots and right. we really have to do a very careful risk assessment. You can put a small robot next to a person and it could hit them and it's fine. Everything's great. But not if it's holding a knife. Right. Or not if it's got some toxic, you know, contaminated blood vial in its gripper. So you really have to be understanding what you're doing when you put these machines next to people. And so that we're very much focused on that. We're also focused on the um, mobile robot safety. We're developing standards in that area because as we're seeing this explosion of robots right. out there on the floor zipping around, they have to be safe. And uh, we're, we're working on mobile robot safety standards. We've already introduced one of a three-part series. So that'll continue forward. But yeah, safety is a top priority. And then I want to come back to that supply chain uh, issue because one of the things that automation is going to do, hopefully, is create more jobs closer to the customers. So what we're seeing in the United States is automation allowing companies to maybe bring back manufacturing that's being done overseas in Asia, bring it back to the US or to Canada or to Mexico, so-called nearshoring for the US. And I'm sure other countries are looking at this as well because of the bottlenecks that we see in supply right. chain crunch. So yeah, automation is allows you to actually, you know, manufacture closer to where you want to be. And I think a lot of a lot of companies are looking at that. Okay. And with the, you know, technologies that the robots of today have developed. Uh, there's a lot of talk about how robots have improved senses right now, how they are, you know, getting closer and closer to what you would expect from the perfect worker. So uh, again, like, uh, what do you, what have you heard about this or seen in the industry? Uh, is there uh, anything you would like to add to this? Well, the technology is getting smarter. Yeah. The sensory capabilities are better. It sees yeah. better. It understands how to pick up an object better. Uh, all that is true. Yeah. But remember, it doesn't understand the context of what it is we're right. trying to do. The robot only knows and sees, you know, usually what it's been programmed to do, although AI is allowing it to learn from its experiences. But still, it doesn't really understand like people do. People have yes. a sense of awareness that the machines just don't. They don't understand the purpose of what it's doing. And yes. they understand the role that they have to do, but they don't really get the big picture. And yes. so I, I really am optimistic about 
you know, the role of people, as I've said, going forward, I don't think you're going to be able to do any of these things successfully without people, not only in the loop, but in charge of these processes. So essentially, it is that the robots are not taking away jobs, but they are changing the job roles. The, uh, you, uh, probably the titles uh, will change, the kind of uh, skills needed will change, but you're always going to need people in these manufacturing spaces. Yes, and this has been true throughout history. When we see the jobs of today versus the jobs of 30 years ago, for instance, there's so much change in jobs. I mean, who would have thought 30 years ago there'd be a high-paying job called a search engine optimization specialist? We didn't even know what a search engine was. Or an app developer for an iPhone. Well, there was no iPhone. So this is the, the course of technology. And so we believe that robots are helping save and create jobs. And again, that they're better, safer, and higher paying. And this is going to continue, that you really want to take advantage of these technologies. What you don't want to do is say there's some kind of threat, because what's the real threat to jobs is when a company can't remain competitive. It doesn't matter what industry. If you can't compete, if your products aren't high enough quality or you can't make enough of them fast enough, can't get them to your customer quickly enough. That's when all the jobs are at risk. But if you can do those things, you have a chance to grow your business and hire more people. Their jobs are just different. And like you said, oftentimes the job titles are completely different. Right. So, you know, for manufacturers who are considering, uh, you know, embracing robotic technologies who have not done this so far, or they are considering, uh, you know, upgrading what they have, what what is what is it that they have to keep in mind? Like it should, uh, as far as I understand, uh, any technology adoption cannot be just a blind thing that everyone is doing it, so I'm going to do it. it, it the story is different for every company. So, what according to you should manufacturers look into when they are thinking about of adopting robotic technologies? Well, we think they should start smart. That's one of the phrases we use. Like, look at your operation, determine something that you need done. It's relatively an easy challenge for a robot. You want to start with something that builds confidence in the technology and it being successful at your organization that then you can replicate throughout the organization. What happened many times in the past is what you said earlier. Companies said, oh, well, you know, we ought to get a robot. And, And then they would get them and they had no idea what they were doing with them. Maybe they didn't even have the infrastructure in the company to be able to take advantage of them or the people necessary. And they got a bad taste in their mouth because maybe the application didn't work out. Well, today we have custom off the shelf. We have all kinds of different ways that you can apply robotics and there are all kinds of solutions and a lot of experienced system integrators, but you have still have to look at your own operation and say, yeah, we can make that work successfully and we need it. We need this. And then you can expand it. I I think um, a lot of companies overreach at the beginning. You don't want to do that. Although there are some experienced users who are saying, you know, we just have to believe we need this stuff. Now, it's easy for a big company to say, right? We're going to automate a whole bunch of things that we're not automating now because that's the future because they can afford to make a mistake. But smaller companies, if they're looking to get started, let's start smart. Yes, yes. And 
again like now uh, people are also looking at it as like multi-purpose robots or multi-purpose cobots so better roi because uh, you're using the same uh, you know e equipment uh, the same technology on a different variety of tasks do you see a lot of this trend right now well, I mean, it certainly has been capable with robotics for a long time. In theory, you could have changed the end effector on a robot that was doing one task and change it to do another one. But um, whether or not we're going to see um, the same robot doing, you know, a lot of different things, I really can't address that because yeah. what, what we're seeing a lot of are companies saying, this is my problem. It's a welding problem. Could I have a collaborative robot do that? Or this is a machine loading issue. I need right. a robot that will load this machine and do it consistently and accurately. And maybe I can move it to another station. Maybe yeah. it's not a fixed thing. I can put it on a cart maybe and move it somewhere. But I want to optimize for the task. I think that's probably more common than a robot that's doing machine loading one day and welding the next. But that's, that's just my, my belief. And again, uh, another thing that is, uh, you know, of paramount importance today, and I always like, you know, ask this question to any uh, automation related interview, it's uh, data, how data is uh, kind of it, it, anyone who has that important data is the is the powerful one in the market today. So uh, robotic technologies, they are kind of helping uh, manufacturers achieve a lot of that because you can program to send data uh, to your systems. So um, how do you think uh, this, you know, robot, robotics and data, like, you know, how do these come together to build success for manufacturers? Yeah, I think the data issue is very important, uh, whether it's um, traditional industrial robot that is somehow tied into uh, Industry 4.0 uh, network, right? Um, yeah. allowing the network to know, for instance, oh, we have the data, machine is, is going to, you know, need maintenance soon, predictive yeah. maintenance, that's called. That's important to companies so they don't have unnecessary downtime. They fix the issue or they maintain the product before it breaks down. But also, there's so much data collected from uh, these autonomous mobile robots that are working in the factory. Yeah. They're helping companies understand more about their process. There's so much data, though, you need to make it useful. And this yes. is one of the things that a lot of companies have told us. We got flooded with data, but we don't know how to analyze it and make it actionable. So yes. that's a challenge too, which is why we need you know, more uh, data scientists and data analytics people. And uh, so th that's creating a lot of roles there. Yeah. Right. And uh, when we talk about data, of course, we have to talk about security of that data so that it does not go into the wrong hands and cybersecurity is again something that you know comes to mind when we are discussing this so uh, do you see like you know do you think that people feel you know that threat in their mind where someone else is controlling the robots in your uh, factory uh, to do something that you don't want them to do or is that something that's of concern I think that's probably a minor concern. Right. I think it's not necessarily somebody controlling the robots to do something you don't want them to do. I think it's more that we want to make sure that we've safeguarded all the equipment. Again, there's nothing right. special here about the robot. Yeah. Um, 
if it's tied into a network, it's just like anything else. I mean, a lot of yeah. these breaches come through things you wouldn't have even imagined. Yeah. So yeah. you need to have a cybersecurity plan. You need to implement that plan. You need to be careful with robots or with anything else in an automated factory, especially with Industry 4.0. Um, but, you know, we, we just had a speaker at our annual meeting that's held every year in yeah. January in Orlando talked about the biggest vulnerability on all this isn't the machines, it's the people. Right. You have to train your people uh, to be aware of what a ransomware attack looks like, for instance. And uh, what can we do with our IT department to make sure they've got the proper safeguards in place? So, again, I don't I don't personally see anything specifically related to robots. I mean, we were talking about this with, you know, driverless cars, you know, what if somebody takes control of your car and drives it into <laughs> yes. a ditch and somebody demonstrated that that's possible? Yeah. Not likely, and we have to protect against it and all that. I mean, could somebody hack into a system and make a robot do something it wasn't intended to do? Of course. But, you know, we, we need to protect against that. Right. Yeah, so that's like a, a far out consequence that people are not concerned with right now. I, I don't think it's a top of mind yes. concern when yes. companies invest in robotics, but yes. it should be a top of line concern for how we safeguarding our factory or yes. our warehouse. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, coming back from all of this, uh, coming back to the people uh, aspect of, you know, working with uh, robots, do you see a lot of like uh, expense going into training uh, people or training employees to work with the robotics technologies or um or is, is it something that uh, companies should be doing on a regular basis in any case, ju just to ensure that they are able to retain their experienced workforce, giving them that extra uh, you know, training that they need? I think it's something companies should be doing in any case, of course. I wonder, and I don't know the answer to this, yeah. how the pandemic affected training. Because right. you know, if you couldn't bring people into work, then you probably couldn't bring them into training either. Right. Um, and I wonder if that set us back in some cases. Yeah. Um, but again, it's more than just companies. And, and I right. think, I think we need to look at what do nations do to provide resources for training and retraining, whether it's Canada or the U.S. or Mexico or anybody. What are they doing to say, look, we know the future is automated. Yeah. What kind of um, training programs are we going to fund? What do we believe we can accomplish as a nation with a higher skilled workforce and yeah. apprentice programs and all of these things that can be, um, you know, programs that government supports as well as companies? Right, right. And uh, again, coming to, uh, you know, uh, working with uh, robots, uh, I mean, what I want to know is, with the latest generation of uh, the robotic technologies that, that are coming up and things changing so quickly, uh, how, how do you think manufacturers will be able to uh, cope up or keep up? Because it's today there's something and then tomorrow there's a new advancement and then there's something new. So what is it that they should be doing to keep up with uh, you know, the, the things that are happening around them? Well, I think there's resources. As I mentioned, automate.org is a good resource for companies at trade shows like Automate in Detroit. But, um, you know, 
A lot of companies deal, if they're going to automate, they're going to deal with a third party and integrator. Yes. Um, and, and those people are keeping up. I mean, we have a certification program, certified robot integrators who yeah. must keep up in order to keep their certification. I mean, yes, things are changing quickly, but there are, like I said, there are a lot of off the shelf solutions these days. Yes. Not everything is custom. So it's actually, I think, easier than ever for a company to say, hey, I want to automate. How do I go about doing this? There are a lot of people who understand how to do this. There are a lot of solutions that are proven to work that we can apply right now. <clears throat> right. Uh, so, uh, I mean, before I sort of sign off from this podcast, I would like to ask, do you want to leave our listeners with some final thoughts on this subject? And, um, you know, yeah, anything that I forgot to ask, anything that you would like to add? Well, you've asked a lot of great questions, and this is the final uh, thought that I have, and it dates back to Joe Engelberger, who was the father of robotics. He used to say, companies ought to take a look at their operation and say, do you think a robot could do this? And if the answer is yes, there's probably a successful application out there waiting to be implemented. And so I would encourage your listeners to say, if you haven't started automating yet, understand this is where we're headed in the future. Everybody is automating right now. And there's a good reason. It's a way to stay more competitive and a way to keep your company successful. You got to start now. We can help you at uh, the Association for Advancing Automation, and we'd be happy to do that. Okay. Thank you once again so much, Jeff, for joining us for this episode of uh, Machine Language. So glad that we could have this, uh, you know, conversation today. Thank you. I enjoyed it. Thank you once again for joining us for this episode of Machine Language. If you enjoyed this conversation, be sure to subscribe to the podcast. This podcast was brought to you by Misumi, your one-stop shop for electrical and mechanical components. Configure your components at misumiusa.com.